All right, let's pray. Are you guys ready? We have the Bible. How good is that? We were talking about it the other night with someone. I can't remember who it was now, but we were talking about the, um, you know, the Gutenberg Press and how much the Gutenberg Press made the Scripture available to every individual. And uh, Martin Luther, around that time was when the Bible went from really the, uh, the elite would read the Bible and there was pulpit Bibles and now you and I have it on our phones. The Word of God on our phones. Incredible. Um, people are saying all around the world, we're going to pray. <laughs> people are saying all around the world that this is the, the generation that, or this is one of the generations that they just don't know their, their Bible and they're just, you know, they want self-help messages and I just don't believe that is true. I just believe that this generation is going to be a generation that worships in spirit and in truth and that we're going to grow in our understanding of the Word of God and that we're going to know not just the book but know the author Come on. And um, that I think there's a, a, a better covenant revelation coming. That of stuff that the, you know, stuff that we didn't know 10 years ago that we just, that scripture gets illuminated. It doesn't change. This remains the same, right? But we get greater understanding. We get greater depth. We get greater revelation because if we, if we stick to the main narrow point of Jesus, then he said he will reveal all truth. He said that. That's his words. So if you want to quote me, you're quoting the book of John. (laughs) And he said, when I go, I'll send you the helper and he will lead you into partial, some truth. No, he said all truth. So good. And so amazing. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your spirit. I thank you for what you want to do tonight. I thank you for this house. I thank you for what you're doing here. I just thank you right now for your, for your presence to change lives. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and invade us? Would you come and wreck our plans? <laughs> Would you come and mess us up? Come on, you guys begin to pray. Just pray. If you pray in the Spirit, just pray. We all pray in the Spirit. Just begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. Come and mess us up, God. Come and mess us up. We want to encounter you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, God. All right, I have a word. I, I, I don't know where this will land tonight. I, I kind of, we'll just, we'll just see where we go. Um, but I, I do have something burning on me. I, I had this picture um, th- this afternoon. I, I just sat here at the church for a couple of hours by myself and 
and I got this picture of, of a person hanging on the cross, but there was one arm just flailing. And crosses were designed to die on. Yeah? <laughs> Jesus, you know, he said, pick up your cross and follow me, not so you'd carry the cross around for the rest of your life. I, I don't, but, but here's the picture. I, I don't think... I've met a person that can crucify themselves. You might get your feet. You might get one arm. What are you going to do with the other one? Crosses are designed to die on. So Jesus says, pick up my cross, pick up your cross and follow me. So you pick up the cross, you follow him, but you die on the cross and you leave resurrected. Because he resurrected. He's not hanging on the cross still. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> but he left that cross. He went into a tomb and resurrected. Right? And so crosses are meant to be, we're meant to die on crosses. And, and Dean, Dean says to me, what are you preaching on? I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> this is two minutes ago. <laughs> and he says, oh, I got this word about surrender. And I, I said, well, I've been pondering this thought of, of a bond slave to Jesus. And you know what a bond slave is? I think probably a lot of you would know this, but a bond slave was someone that's free but chose to still serve the master that they were serving. And so they would, they would pierce their ear. They'd have their ear pierced as a bond slave to Jesus or to whoever. And John lent his ear on the bosom of Jesus. I think as a prophetic picture that he was a bond slave to this guy. And I think there's a, a lot of the church, if I've just been honest, a lot of the church is still in this thing of like, well, we're, we're, we're kind of free or we're, we're still sort of half sinners, half saints. And it's like, no, no, you died on the cross with Jesus he didn't just die for you, he died as you. And you're not a partial sinner. You were a sinner. You were a full sinner. But now you're a full son of God or a daughter of God. You're not partially that. You're fully that. Amen. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help. I um and I, I just really feel God's calling us in this hour. He he said probably ten, fifteen years ago he spoke to me and he said, Liam, I'm looking for a generation that I can be myself around. And he wants us to fully die to ourself because when you die to you, when you lose your life you gain it but if you hold on if you have one arm still flailing around then you never fully die you still try and preserve a bit I shared last week in our morning service but 
about that I really feel like the Lord wants to, he wants to break this thing of our dignity that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be holding on to anything that would be fully surrendered to the grace of God. What does he say in Romans 5? He said, you know, where one man's sin brought about transgressions, one man's righteous act would bring about salvation and grace. Then he, he finishes that whole phrase. Actually, let's just, let's just, let's just go there because I, I like that passage. Romans 5. Verse 18, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now, the and righteousness, right, is, oh, I'll explain it in a second. Now, the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, Right? So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul, Paul has this, he begins to build this case where he's like, hey, listen guys, where, where sin abound, he's like, where the law came in, sin increased, right? And then he's like, but where sin abound, grace abounded all the more. Then he says, oh, hang on a second, you might think that I'm saying keep sinning so you'll get more grace, right? And then he answers that question in verse 6. He said, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? It's like this. If I can get Joyce... And Dean, if you stand up, this is what has been presented to us uh, for a long time, right? If Joyce is God, don't get theologically on me, all right? If Joyce is God and Dean's Jesus and I'm Liam, right? <laughs> Dean will take Jesus, all right? <laughs> so if Joyce is God, Dean's Jesus and I'm me, right? The church for a long time has presented, uh, John 16, we'll read it in a second, John 16, 8, it says... Jesus came to convict the world because of sin, because they do not believe. I mean, let's face it. What did John the Baptist, what did he, what did he say? He says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? That word sin is the noun, is a person, is a persona of, of sin. It's a person that was inside you. So John, he says, this is Jesus who takes away the sin. But the church for a long time has presented it like this. God is looking at me and I'm still filthy and rotten and thank God that, or thank Jesus that he's standing in the way of my sinful nature, which is just not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel is sin died inside of me because of grace and now this guy lives in me so when God sees me, he sees the best version of who I am. Right? That's the gospel. That's the difference. And it is important. So John 16, he says, I came to convict the world because of sin, because they do not believe, because of righteousness, because I go to be with my father, and because of uh, judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Ah, oh, come, come on. 
right? So he goes, Jesus goes to be with the Father to send the Holy Spirit to take up residency in us so that the, the gap between the Father now is null and void. And he says, where sin abound, grace abound all the more. So he's, Paul goes, oh, hang on, you could be thinking, right, they didn't have backspace in those days. He was writing a letter, <laughs> right? So he's saying, hang on a second, you could be thinking that I'm, I'm saying that you just keep sinning so you get more grace. He says, no, 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 listen, you don't understand. Dead people don't sin, right? Dead people die. So they're in the, they resurrect in the newness of life. Galatians 5, what does he say? It's for freedom's sake that I came. And I just, the Holy Spirit, I can feel it. The Holy Spirit so wants to break out in our nation. He wants to break out in our churches. He wants to break out in our lives. But he's looking for the generation to say, hey, I'm not going to be just an arm flailing on the cross. I'm going to be fully deep, not just ankle deep, not just knee deep, but I'm going to dive right into the depths of what he has for me. And I don't care what anyone says about me because he's for me. I don't care what I look like. David looked really dumb, dancing semi-naked or naked or whatever he was. I don't care, right? He looked dumb. And Michal or Michael or however you say his wife's name, right? Judged him from a distance and it didn't end well for her. Mary, highly favoured of God, looks like sin to the unbeliever. To anyone looking in, looks like you had a great time with Joseph a couple of months back. <laughs> Highly favoured. Are we willing to look like idiots for Jesus? Are we willing to look like fools for the King of Glory? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he wants, he's, he's, he is, he's looking for people that say, I don't, I don't care what I don't care what I look like. I'll die. I want to be a bond slave to you, Jesus. I want fully you. I want all of you. I want all of you. And he says, I want all of you. Right? I know people, I know people say, less of me and more of you. And I get the heart behind that. The heart is, they just want Jesus glorified. But that prayer's really null and void now because that was a John the Baptist prayer. He says, I must decrease, John the Baptist, so that Jesus can increase. But Jesus, now we get to pray, God, all of me consumed by all of you. Oh, that's... So he says that. He says, John 16, Galatians 5. Turn with me to Galatians 5. Actually, let's say Romans 6. I've got, I've got more. Here we go, Romans 6, verse 13. Let's read this. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are, no, you are not under law but under grace. <clears throat> you are under, you're under grace. 
if I'm driving a car and I'm doing 60 kilometers an hour, sorry, 100 kilometers an hour in a 60k zone, and I, do, I get pulled over by the police and I don't get a ticket, that's mercy. Right? So I was doing the wrong thing and I didn't get a ticket, that's mercy. Here, what Paul's addressing, he's saying, listen guys, hold on a second. Guys, I want to take you from under law, right? And not only do I want to not give you a ticket, but I want to give you a brand new engine, a brand new clutch, a, a brand new gear shift. I want to give you a brand new car, a fuel card that runs on Holy Ghost fuel, right? Because this is what grace is. Grace is the person of Jesus empowering you to live the life you were designed originally to live. It's not just, I'm going to cover you in your sin. It's like, hey, here's a brand new automobile called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And here's now the grace of God that fuels that automobile so you can live the life that you're designed to live. That's what grace is. Grace is the person of Jesus empowering you to live the very life that you're called to live. And man, it's scary. But I wouldn't, he wouldn't have it any other way, right? It's glorious. And so here he says, you're no longer under law, you're under grace. Then verse 15, he says, what then? Are we to sin because we are under law but under grace? By no means. He kind of repeats himself. He says, by, my, by no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are a slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin. You were once slaves of that. You have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. You're a bond slave of, of righteousness. Turn with me Galatians 5. We'll, we'll just pause for a moment. When I, um, for those that don't know, not everyone knows me in this room, but if I'm repeating, apologies. When I was 21, 21, 21. I mean, we've known each other a long time, Steve. Steve was, he was in my life at that time. And I remember we both, there was a, an awakening that happened in a group of friends and I remember we came to go, guess what? We're no longer sinners, we're saints. <laughs> yes, I know, look at what the Bible says. I mean, Paul just writes to the saints, doesn't he? To the saints of Ephesus, to the sanctified ones. And so I was a semi-professional soccer player, played overseas for a bit and I came home, I was on the plane and... Um, when I came home, I said, God, I hope you're not calling me back to ministry <laughs> to sit in a church. I said, please, please, I want everything in this book to come alive. 
And so I just, I just would look for... I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church, so, you know, people... You know, people would say, what denomination are you from? And I thought that meant, do you worship demons? And, and um, legitimately, <laughs> I met this guy on a train and he said, what denomination are you from? I'm like, oh, no, no, we don't worship demons. We worship Jesus. And, and he chuckled and he said, no, no, like, are you a Baptist? Are you a Pentecostal? Are you a charismatic? What are you? And I'm like, I just love Jesus. That's it. I, I don't think there's denominations in heaven as far as my Bible tells me. So we need to get over that. And... Um, and he said, oh, that's funny. He says, oh, do you raise your hands at church? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're a Pentecostal. <laughs> well, I said, all right, I'm a Pentecostal then. And uh, I went home and told my mum, my adopted mum, I said, what are we? She says, oh, I think we're Pentecostal, but who cares, you know. And, um, and, so, and, and so that kind of sparked this journey. And then I, I read these stories, I read the scriptures, and I, I heard all these testimonies about God doing miraculous stuff in Africa and India and all these places and I was like man God can't be geographically bound surely like surely he's the same God in Melbourne as he is in Africa like you know this is silly why aren't we seeing what those guys are seeing and so I started I just started going after that and started really going after the miraculous because it says these signs will follow those who believe and so I had a five-hour encounter with God came off the floor changed person and 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 I, I said well all right well we just got to Bible says lay hands on the sick and greater works will, will, will you do when I go to be with the father so I just need to find sick people all right well Maroondah hospital is a good place to start so I stood outside Maroondah hospital and got kicked out and <laughs> I told to leave and we used to go down to Eastland and just do street ministry and just a friend of ours told us, he said, just tell people that you've seen people get healed. I'm like, well, that's a lie. I haven't. He goes, just watch something on YouTube. <laughs> then you have. Then you can tell people, I've seen that get healed. I was like, all right. So we did that. Nathan Winterbine, remember? Yeah. And, um, and so we just, and, and I went, we went over to this couple's house, Shen and I, and they just took us into their prayer closet, which was this room, and they just spent an hour prophesying over us. And I was like, you can do that? <laughs> it's like, come on, all right, we can do that too, and so we, uh, and and so we started having. I, I don't share these stories very often, and I don't share them to brag. I don't share them to boast, but I share them to say that they point to someone, something greater. Right? That's the that's the only reason I share these stories, and um, and so we started having oil fall down in our in our living room, uh, on on people's hands, and we started having gold dust fall in our home. Now, I didn't know this was a thing. So don't, right? So I, I went to our church and I was like, you wouldn't believe what happened in our, in our lounge room last night. And it kind of got shut down. Anyway, I don't want to go into that. But, and, and so, and I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. These things are following me. I'm not even pursuing them. They're just, they're just rocking up in my lounge room, right? And, uh, and so we, you know, so these things started to happen and the Lord began to take us on a journey of what it really means. I didn't have language for it like I do now, but what it means to be all in for, for the Spirit of God, what it means to host His presence, what it means to be dead to myself and what I look like and be fully in for the grace of God to empower us to live the life that He's called us to live. And so... Uh, 
because it's 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 can get interesting. And it's not about that it needs to look weird for it to be God. But he just does things in different ways than we think he should do things. <laughs> Uh, my plan of salvation wouldn't have been impregnating a virgin in Bethlehem. That wouldn't have been my uh, idea of world conquering sin. That wouldn't have been how I'd do it. But that was his plan. I don't adjust. Sorry. He doesn't adjust to my ways. I adjust to him. Right? And so I'd seen some crazy stuff, seen some crazy stuff. And I've shared this before, but this, is, this began the journey for me about not quenching or grieving the Holy Spirit, where I, we were at a ministry school and there was this girl and we're 1,200 students and there's this girl in the school who would howl like a dog in worship. I've shared this. Some of you have heard this story. And um, do you remember? Yeah, Steve remembers. Steve was there. And um, she would howl like a dog in worship. Now, I'm pretty good. Kids can run up and down. You can cartwheel. I don't care. I'm fine. I was whatever, you know. And this girl, and I'm like, man, shut up. (laughs) Right? Please be quiet. And... A friend of ours who's from this area uh, and she was in her group the following year. This went on all year and just seeing these kids in the room. Um, And so she, this girl turns out she'd been very, very badly abused. I'll let you fill in the blanks. By a, by a family member, her mum and dad, she was, uh, I think they died and she got taken in by her uncle and she used to get taken out the back and left with the dogs for days on end. And the Lord delivered her over nine months. And she was completely set free. And here I was, judging from a distance. I learned, I learned a lesson. We learned, in that moment, we learned, you ask people what the Lord's doing in their life if you see something strange. Because it's not always God. <laughs> also. <laughs> But I learnt a lesson because here was this girl encountering the Holy Ghost and getting delivered. And I reckon 90% of that ministry school judged that girl. If I was to be honest, I reckon most people judged her from a distance because it looked completely outside their grid. But it was God. She was completely set free. He delivered her. And that began, that was 10 years ago, that began my journey of I do not, 
I do not want to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. And I want to jump fully deep into the river. I don't want to just be dangling on a cross. I want to delve in that the grace of God would empower me to be in step with the Spirit of God because sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. They're not led by just what they see with their natural eyes. And I just believe prophetically for the church of Australia right now, for this house and the global church, I know there's different churches represented here, um, I just don't think we have time to waste just being half in and half out. I think it's like, let's jump in and look like absolute fools for the King of Glory. Let's jump in and look like fools. Let's read this, Galatians 5.1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If I can add my bit in there, but submit to a slave of righteousness. Grace isn't permission to sin and get away with it. It's the permission to live the way Christ designed you to live. That's not in the Bible. That's just my... <laughs> My bit. If we go down to verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, godness, faithfulness, goodness, sorry, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, who belongs to Christ, you guys, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Is being crucified or has crucified? Past tense. Right. So you're not dangling on a cross. You were crucified with Christ. You pick up your cross, you put it in the ground, and you say, Jesus, come and kill me. If you tried to kill yourself, that's called self-righteousness. Jesus was like, uh, he was pretty just against that. <laughs> he just he went to town against that. So you, those things were crucified. It says, and those belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become concited, provoking one another and envying one another.
How much of ourselves are we willing to just let go and let God? How much of our dignity, how much of our, what we might look like, what people might say against us, what... He, he wants to move. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's not a case of we're trying to beg God. He's ready. He's willing. He's looking for hungry hearts that he can go, oh, I can make my home here. Like John 14, he says, I come and make my home in people. The word is, I come and make my abode or my mansion inside of people. I mean, the preface of our faith is that we believe that a man rose again from the grave. Why wouldn't that faith in a resurrected God confront the powers of darkness? Why wouldn't that break out in the Spirit of God moving in miracles and signs and wonders? Why wouldn't that result in a group of people living a grace-filled life the way that they're designed to live and representing Jesus to a world that's lost and hurting and broken. Why wouldn't that do that? It's not, I'm telling you right now, the devil is not that strong to shut down the Spirit of God. He's not the opposite of God. Right? He can't. He just... I call him the Wizard of Oz. He's a little man behind the curtain peddling really fast to put on a show. But when you reveal the curtain, you're like, is that it? Right? The little skinny guy. Nothing wrong with little skinny guys. But anyway. <laughs> All right? And I just feel like God's inviting us. This isn't a salvation message, but I, I feel like the Lord's inviting us to say, hey, it's time to come and rest on the bosom of Jesus again. It's time to come and put your ear to the bosom of Jesus to be a bondservant for him. Because that's a choice. That's a choice that you go, all right, I'm free. I'm, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I've got the grace of God that's empowering me to live the way that you've designed me to live. And I want to be in step with your spirit, God. So I'm going to choose. I'm going to make the decision to choose to be a bondservant to, his, to the spirit of God so that I'd be in step with the spirit of God, not, in, not echoing the world that's out there and being influenced by that. That I'd be, I wouldn't. Uh, that the world would no longer happen to me, but I'd happen to the world because I'm, I'm fully in Him and He's fully in me, and it's all of me and all of Him, and we're one, and it's just, ah, oh, it's just exciting, right? And it's like, man, all right, I'm, You can live. You can live free and you can live. Oh, it's for freedom that he came.
freedom, the freedom's sake that he came. He came to set the captives free. He came to release prisoners. Come on, church. We need, I believe it, I believe it. I can see it. I can see the bride being one with the bridegroom. I can see lovers of Jesus. Let's stand. I can see lovers of Jesus. I can see, I can see it. I can see Jesus being glorified. I can see the church uniting under the name of Jesus. I can see the church being, oh, I'm a son and daughter of my daughters. They don't walk out the door and go, man, I'm not dad's kid. They're like, man, I'm dad's kid. They don't walk out the door. Children don't walk out the door and go, oh, I wonder what people are thinking. They run down the aisles. They paint down the front. They just act silly because they're in the father's house. They are free. They're free, right? There's freedom. Free people, free people. Free people. I mean, how many times do you see the disciples? They're like, they're in prison. They're in prison and then the prison doors open up and they're like, we're going to preach Jesus. We're going to continue to preach Jesus. They're like, we don't care if we're in prison. I'm tell- Okay, I'm going to just be honest, right? People go, oh man, Victoria's been through a lot and this is the persecution against the church. Give me a break. Give me a break. This isn't persecution. I'm a part of a kingdom that's victorious and it's increasing and it's going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. I have a king who's not sitting on the throne going, I wonder what's going on. I didn't know Corona was coming. I didn't know what to do with that. He's like, man, I want to take sons and daughters of God. I want to take people who know who their papa is. They know who their daddy is. That They know that the grace of God is empowering them and that they would love the world. They would stop looking, oh, that church down the road and oh, that person over there. And oh, do you know that they said, they go, I don't give a rip because dead people cannot sin. Dead people don't care. They don't care. They're like, I'm fully his. He's my dad. I'm his kid. I don't care what that person says, that person says, that person says. I don't care. I'm free, right? And now free people live free and they look free. They act free. They behave free. They're a slave to righteousness. Okay. Julie got excited about it and a couple of others did, but... I, very, I don't rarely get, I very rarely get fired up, but I'm fired up because I really believe the Lord's inviting us into being bond servants, into being bond slaves to Jesus, to die to ourselves. To, oh, the past hurts of all oh, this. Per- I'm, I get it. We got to stop looking at our belly buttons. We really do. We got to stop looking at the belly buttons. It's like, I get it. I'm not belittling anyone's circumstance, right? That's not what I'm doing. I want to pull, I want to pull people higher. We've got to grow into maturity. We, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want my kids in 10 years' time to be going around this roundabout again. Yeah, Julie's got a vision. Come on, Julie. 
Jesus, um, I'm going to get you to shut your eyes because uh, this was a heavenly vision. It wasn't an earthly vision. And what happened is I just shut my eyes in the morning and I saw this horse, beautiful white horse. And I saw a man on the horse and he had all, um, his armour was red and he had a crown on his head and I knew he was Jesus. And he came out from the right hand of the throne and then he went around the throne saying, I have the victory. I have won the victory. I have won the victory and so have you. You are a victorious people who walk in hope and confidence and goodness and grace and mercy and all those things because you're in Him. Amen. 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 Holy Spirit, right now would you come? I know He's here, I get it. I really feel like there's people that you just, you need to make that choice. You need to decide and Jesus is just, he'll keep coming. He'll keep knocking. He'll keep inviting. He's not going to knock once and give up. But the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. He endured the cross. I just picture Jesus on the way to Calvary, carrying the cross. I just can't think of Jesus thinking, oh, you know, now's a good time to give up. I just, he would have had you in mind. He would have had you in mind. He would have had every person in mind because he said, this is, this is the way. This is the way that I make a covenant with God to destroy the works of sin. But I feel like Jesus is inviting us. He's saying, I choose you, but I I need you to choose me back. I need you to choose me. I need you to step in to this space where you'd be a bondservant. You'd be a slave to righteousness. Because in the midst of many, many options in our world, in the midst of all these different things that are going on, that you you would say, all right. I choose Jesus. I choose you. I'm telling you right now, I used to count the cost at the beginning. I don't really count the cost anymore because it's just glorious with Jesus. It's just glorious with Jesus. That you'd you'd be willing to look like Mary. You'd be willing to look like Jacob and wrestle an angel you'd be willing to to look like a fool for jesus you'd be willing to dance look please don't dance naked in here but you'd be willing to dance naked before the lord (laughs) you'd be willing to just say god i'm all in at any cost i'm all in at any cost Once you're pierced with an encounter with God, once you've been marked by an encounter with the Lord in such a way like John, the side of Jesus, 
it marks you forever. It marks you forever. And, and we, don't live off, we don't live off one encounter to the other. We live off the constant relationship with the Holy Spirit. However, the greatest theologian mind of the Old Testament, Saul, needed an encounter with the living Jesus to take him from Saul to Paul. This is what we're going to do. I'm just going to invite people to come and encounter Jesus and say, I'm all in. I don't want to be dangling on the cross anymore. I, I want to be all in and I want the grace of God to empower me. And I, I just believe the Lord's going to touch people. I, I believe the Holy Spirit is just going to mark people as bond servants of righteousness tonight. And I just want you to come. Just come right now. Just come up the front. I'm not even going to try and explain it. I just, I just, just, just come. You know, you know who you are.